And we're live. <laughs> and we're live. Good morning, Noodleberg Daily Huddle. Welcome to Takeover Thursday. It's a doobie week. Ready? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Like if we can't get you moving, what can? <laughs> Keeping uh, Doobie Brothers Week alive. I love that. Nice you job. got it. Had to do it. You know, absolutely had to, had to, had to keep the uh, doobies rolling down. I really want to shout out some people that are coming in this morning. Good morning, Sean Flood. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Todd. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Sean Flood from Ireland. From Ireland. To Ireland, man. I spoke to him yesterday. Uh, by the way, we're working on something really big I got to share with you today, but. Uh, that dude has been in our lives for how many years? I mean, just, a long time. I mean, from, I, when Gotcha first started in in Tallahassee, like I remember it being such just a thing, and you know, hanging out. That was when they first built the Aloft Hotel in Tallahassee. That hotel was really cool then. You know, that was before they built Hotel Duval. He got Jake into some of those nightclubs when Jake was like twelve. <laughs> Partied at AJ's all night. Oh, I don't know that. Great stuff. Good morning, Dale Dupree in the house with us. Wow. Uh, the sale rebellion. And uh, shout out to him. Much of, We've had some great dialogue over the past couple of weeks about things that he's doing and things that we're doing. And just really cool to have you in the huddle with us this morning. So much appreciated. Good morning, Eddie Dice. I know that there was a good visit there yesterday. You want to yeah, share? <laughs> I figured you would. So Michelle went down there to talk about some business. So thank you, Eddie, for sharing your knowledge. We're in the help economy and you're helping her and that's great. But I said to her, I said, hey, look, no vacation, no nothing coming up. Um, buy yourself something. So being the magnanimous person that my first lady is, she bought herself something and then she bought me something. So uh, um, really nice. Love that line of stuff, Eddie. Um, I will take a picture of it and share it in the huddle so that everybody can get after it. But thank you for being you. Your uh, Tell Me Something Good last night was a really, really cool, educational, inspirational, tell me something good, thanks. Really was. And appreciate all the feedback from the one with Andy Hill yesterday that I did. A lot of people liking that, talking about that. 
So much appreciated for the feedback there. And for those of you who don't know, today is Takeover Thursday. Normally, my dad is in the driver's seat driving the content, driving the conversation. We flip it on Thursday, and I get to go. Good morning to Trip. Trip is a new member. Trip is connected with us on LinkedIn. Glad Ooh. to have you here, Trip. That's awesome. Thanks for being here with us this morning. And uh, thanks for saying good morning. Thanks to everybody who says uh, good morning because we know you're here. We're able to engage with you and go. Last night, I had a great time in a virtual poker tournament. First of all, I didn't think that you could have fun doing this, but with the combination of the poker room and playing on the screen and the Zoom, you're able to sit in and talk at the table just like you would if you were in a real casino. Um, had a blast. Terry Kirby, Jason Taylor, unbelievable people were in. So shout out to Seth for that because that was awesome. And it was obviously for a great foundation, the Christopher Reeves Foundation, and uh, just a great time. I ended up finishing ninth in the tournament last night, which was awesome. Had a great time playing. Outlasted, shows up, man. I love it. Outlasted both Jake and Shay Money, who's supposed to be the king of poker in this in this circle. Um, but I got knocked out by Jason yeah, Taylor. Yeah. We, we, we want to keep uh, Shay hungry, so let him keep betting everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, just the way it happened last night, though. So we're playing, and you know I'm not the big I'm not the biggest chip stack at the table, but I'm in a pretty good position. And it's me and Jason Taylor heads up in the final hand or in the hand that was my last hand, and we both bet prior. We raise each other. We call. Both got good hands. And the flop comes out, and I flop two pair. So I check it to him for action. He bets a lot. Like a lot of my – like puts me in a position where I got to consider like am I willing to bet put, – put, basically put myself out of the game if I lose this. And I'm thinking in my head, I know that there's something out there that could beat me, but flopping two pair on the – that you you don't fold that. And so taking the risk or understanding that, like, you got to take your fucking shot. Like, you don't lay down two pair. So I call, I re-raised it all in. He calls me. He had flopped trips and then ended up getting a full house and knocked me out of the tournament. But, uh, I mean, it was awesome. And that just that mentality for me of, like, I'm glad I went out that way. I'm not folding two pair. And what, am I like, going to limp out the rest of the tournament? Because I've already, you know, like, play your hand. Take your shot and do it. So there is there's some real takeaways there as it relates to the sales world, the business world, is that I'll always take my shot, man. You know, I want to control the controllables. That's what you could control. You can't control what he has and what he's betting and what he's doing. So uh, while I'm not a poker player, I love some of the principles and the teachings and uh, all for a great cause. They'll be doing that again. So we'll keep promoting and we'll probably keep you uh, engaged because if, uh, you know, Jason's there, I want you there to at least take him down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so that was a great time. And, you know, uh, take your best shot, you know, whatever it is, if it's a good, if a good percentage, take your best shot at it. So it's awesome. So I, I like, do to, I do have a whole story. I don't know if you're done. I do yeah, have oh, yeah, a whole share story. It, share it, share it. So, uh, you know, the, the cool thing about social media in general is that you just never know who's watching. You never know who sees it. And people are talking to me about views and the, all the bullshit metrics. You just don't know. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that Gary Vee does about why to do social media. And it's not for the current views. You just never know when some will, 
when somebody stumbles upon you. Well, anyway, this morning was a, the, she, the shirt I'm wearing is, um, if you can see, it says recover your game. This morning was a recovery day for me. I just needed to rest the body, rest the mind. So I went up, uh, the, the pool is on the roof of my building. I went up and I'm enjoying the, the sunrise and I'm really into it. I get into the hot tub and then somebody, a lady comes in and she's going to go swimming. And she puts on all the gear and she has everything and she swims up next to me and we start, she goes, Oh, good morning. She goes, I'm never not used to seeing anybody up here. And I said, well, I'm actually, you know, they are a lot earlier than this. This was a late morning for me. This was six o'clock and it's late. And she says, I just love your energy in the huddle. And I was like, stunned. I was like what? You know? So uh, shout out to uh, Ellen uh, Boland. Thank you for uh, making my day. Uh, pretty cool that you just don't know who's in the huddle. And we talked about networking. So I want her to jump in here. I want her to say hello. And I want her to meet some of the other people because she's into mindfulness and meditation and has lots to offer. The last thing I'm going to do today, and then I will shut up or do my best to shut up, <laughs> take over, uh, is it's National Lefty Day. You know what they say about the lefties, baby. Creatives that take over the world. Shout out to all the lefties. Always, always a big thing for me growing up because, like, I always wanted to use your baseball glove, and I couldn't use your baseball glove because it was a lefty glove. So, yes, uh, all right, current events. So you started it off with current events. Today is National Lefty Day. Also, things that are happening around the world, and I'm going to keep this in the food world. Whataburger has cre is launching a roaming food truck for next year. The Meals on Wheels made its debut over the weekend at an educator event in San Antonio, and Next year in 2021, we'll be traveling around to several states and sometimes serving as a preview for forthcoming physical Whataburger restaurants. So two things here that I love. The innovation, right? People aren't going out to eat. They're not hitting the drive throughs as much. We'll bring Whataburger to you. The other thing is if you've never had a Whataburger because they're not oh. everywhere, they're started in Texas. They are a no-brainer for breakfast, lunch, dinner. It doesn't matter. So the honey butter chicken biscuit, I know what you're going to share is your favorite, but the honey butter chick chicken biscuit, have to have. Well, so, you know, first of all, I, you know, we should, I'll post the picture, or you post the picture, because it's not just a regular food truck. It's a Mac Daddy. So for innovation, they really basically took an entire restaurant and put it in a food truck. So the innovation was great to your point. I love it. Whataburger is such a great brand. Um, but for me, when I was visiting Michelle in Dallas, uh, that's a hub. That's a big spot for, um, as a matter of fact, that's where it's based. Um, it's in uh, just outside of Dallas. And so one of the things that uh, we would stop in and have breakfast there, and they have breakfast taquitos that are seriously man like you know if it, the last meal if like someone says what's the last meal i might go taquito man. so just so your, your three recommendations from whataburger are the honey butter chicken biscuit the breakfast taquitos which are off the chart and then you got to get a whataburger you know it's like going gotta to burger get. you got to get the whopper so although oh, i will tell you going to school in gainesville and lloyd will uh, lloyd gillick who's watching will tell you this in and out was better than Whataburger. In and out, saying. animal style. It's, it's up for debate. So staying in the innovation world and staying in uh, the food world, okay, watch out Walmart, watch out Amazon. Kroger is building an e-marketplace. They're working with the uh, online commerce specialist, 
Miracle, who works with companies like Staples and some other major brands, Office Depot, Best Buy. Um, they're building an online marketplace for more things than just groceries. So they're looking to expand in some more household wear because their digital consumption has jumped so much during this pandemic and they've had so much traffic through their digital side that they're like, we haven't, we have the people, now we've got to go figure out a way to monetize it. But I will say this, I lived in Ohio for two years. I hate Kroger. I would never buy anything from Kroger. They, I never had a good experience there. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they try to attack the world nationally because they're really a Midwestern brand. Hate is a really strong word. I'm telling you, I never had a good experience there. I would go to Meyer before I would go to uh, Myers is really good. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, good stuff. Good, good and stuff. The last update for the morning of current events: Dunkin' Donuts, if you're interested, is now producing cereal. They're working with Post. They are going to have coffee-infused squares with marshmallows. I think it's after some of their like macchiato flavors and stuff like that. But so for all of you that are Dunkin' Donut diehards and absolutely have to have everything Dunkin', now you can have it in your cereal as well. So because what could be better loading yourself with sugar in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) Sugar is the poor man's cocaine, man. Just stay away. So we're up to date now. We've done our shout outs. We've got through our current events. We're going to get into the nugget of today. And um, I think there's a lot of parallels to leadership and sales. And I think the number one thing is influence. I think as a leader, it's your job to influence your organization, influence the people around you to make the right decisions, do the right things, to get everybody involved in the same mission and moving in the same direction. It's the same in sales. You're not pushing somebody to do something. You're influencing them. You're sharing your knowledge, your expertise, and influencing them to do something. And a key part of that is asking questions. You hear it all the time. You got to ask the right questions. You got to ask the right questions. I was listening to a webinar the other day from from a consulting firm that was talking about all the questions. And as they were going on, they were saying what and why and how. And I was like, that's great. That's a word. You know, tell me more about that. I don't really buy. That's not active listening. That's not digging into the person and really asking them to give you something back feels lazy. So I've always said, what fucking questions do I ask? You're telling me to ask questions. How do I know what questions to ask? We put together a list. We've got like 40 of them that we're going to pull a couple out of. But these kind of go into leadership and sales. So I really love I love where you're going in this because questions are internal about you and about the other person that you're going to engage with. And, you know, one of the things we talk about in process is research, doing research on yourself, understanding really who you are and asking the right questions internally. You know, the reminds me of the song, you know, the Michael Jackson, you know, the man in the mirror. If you don't know the man in the mirror, the person across the table ain't going to know you either. So no shot. So I love I love where you're going with this. So I think the first question, you know, before you start asking other people questions, there's a couple of questions that we pulled out to ask yourself. And I think possibly the most important is what value do I bring? 
Okay, I, forget about what you get trained on as a company or what you've built your company's value to be. What value do you bring to people? Because everybody's different. Everybody's doing different things. Everybody has something to offer. But if you don't ask yourself that question, you don't know how to deliver it to anybody. You know, and, and so let's let's just be clear here. Asking the question is only half the battle. You know, answering it and writing it down and owning it. And, you know, people ask me, well, where does your confidence come from? Because I know what the outcome is going to be. You don't when, I'm, when we're talking. But I know if you follow our process, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I said, listen, you don't know what's on the other end of this. And I said, but I know what value. So, you know, I think it's really key. So the another one that I want to pull out before we jump into asking other people questions is what's the best form of communication for me? How do I communicate best? Because when you're setting a game plan about trying to build a relationship with somebody, you want to know how you communicate best before you start jumping into communicating with anybody and figuring out how they communicate. So understanding what value do you bring and then how do you communicate in the best form to set yourself up for success? I think, you know, um, you know, if you're constantly emailing somebody and email is not their chosen choice of communication. Listen, we have clients that want to communicate on Facebook Messenger. I'm like, exactly. you know, if you don't know that, you're shooting arrows in the dark when you ask somebody. Number one is you get the information you can act on. And number two is you're showing the person that you actually give a shit. You so, know, instead of just, well, all I do is email and they haven't returned my email. Really? Staying in that same vein of showing people that you give a shit, I think it's important that when you're communicating information to people, you find out their reaction. Sometimes it's not easy to tell. In a Zoom, in person, over the phone, whatever it is, sometimes it's hard to figure out. So you got to ask the questions in a way that's appropriate. A great one is how does this fit into your plans? How does what we're talking about fit into your plans? We talk about all the time, are we a fit? I'm trying to qualify if you're a fit for us. How does this fit for you? Does it fit? You might get a reaction back. This doesn't fit at all. Or you know what? And it's going to allow them to dive into more conversation about what this really means to them and how they see it working. You know, Another you know I, I dig deep when I say to somebody, you know, so so what about this is holding you back? What What's what's holding you back? You know, you get yeah. excited, you feel good about it. What's holding you back? Because it could be something very legitimate where I go, you know what? Let's stand down. Let's revisit in a couple of months. But that information flow, you know, is really critical because you can't just keep banging on people. In coaching, you run into you're delivering feedback sometimes that is not easy for people to take. You're delivering it in a way that should be receivable. I'll ask them right after I say something. How does that make you feel? How do you feel about that? Because that's going to allow me to understand, oh, you know what? It hurts. But yeah, I like it and I think I can make changes there. So being up front and saying, how does that make you feel or how do you feel about it is another great one. This one dives into upfront contract. What's your desired outcome here? We talk about it all the time, setting the standard up front. You know, when you're getting into the conversation, hey, before we start diving into all the details, what do you really want to get out of this? What's the desired outcome from you and I working together or this conversation, even if it's just a virtual coffee? What are you trying to do here? Let's get that out on the table so that we can accomplish that goal for you. 
Uh, you know, what I love is even though, you know, our, and our coaching business has exploded and it, I'm really grateful to all the people we're working with and we've had great upfront dialogue and whatever, but the first question in the, in the questionnaire that we commit to writing is what does success look like in 90 days? They yeah. have to define it because yep. if they can't define it, we can't help them get there. It's like, That's where exactly do you want right. to go? What's, well, you know, what's the destination look like? 90 days from now, what are you saying? What are you feeling? Are you on top of the mountain? Are you, you know, what, what, what's happening that can allow us to help you get there? So those are all probing questions that it's really funny. Years and years ago, when I first got started, I, I would relate it to like walking into the doctor's office and you meet the doctor and the doctor goes, you need penicillin. You look at the get the doctor like, what are you out of your mind? You don't know any, you don't know what hurts me. You don't know you, you know nothing. How can you make a recommendation? So you know the fact that you landed on questions is so significant. And by the way, some of the takeaways have nothing to do with business. Some of the things people I've learned about people is oh, by the way, I was on a kid's. TV show, you know, that I was, yeah. I won the prize for like American Idol as a kid or something. Like, right. what? <laughs> it's going to allow you to get more information about them to dive deeper into it. So we talk about follow up as being so critical in the sales process. You got to follow up. You got to follow up. We talked about it last week, but sometimes you're in a conversation and it's going great. Everything is fantastic. And then you leave and you're like, this is a done deal. I know this is going to work great. And then you hear nothing for months. So instead of leaving it that way, at the end of it, while things are going good, hey, what's the action plan here? What, what can we put together right now as far as next steps? What could our first step be in the process of moving this forward? Or take it the other way and go ahead and remove any possible objections or problems. Say, hey, what do you think could get in the way of this then? I hear you saying that you love this and this is going to work out great. What do you think could get in the way? And so, you know, it's interesting. I love talking about real time. I was speaking to somebody yesterday who's interested in working with me. And I know that she is. And I hope she's watching this morning. And, you know, I said to her, hey, listen, there's no pressure if you don't want to officially work with me, we can still have this dialogue once a month. I enjoy your company. And I sort of said something to her that inferred that, you know, I was the one that was going to be helping her. And then yeah. I caught myself right in the conversation. And I said, well, guess what? I have no idea what I'm going to learn from you. And one of the best things about all the client work that we do, and I'll give you a specific example, Andy Hill, when you interviewed him, when he talked about painted again, yep, that was as valuable as anything we've done for him. I want you to close if you can with the painted again story. If you sure. remember it, if not, I'll tell it. But sure, yeah. so, so Andy learned why we're here. Yeah, and so we're coming up on our hard stop. But Andy Hill, uh, you know, his mom was they were, had moved down. They were building a condo. They were redoing the whole thing, and they were hung up on what colors to paint. And they're you know doing all of the things to build a new place. And she just decided to paint it a color. And he asked her, he said, why would you paint it that color? You know, like you, there's all these different things. You don't know if it's going to match this or that. And she looked at him and said, you can always paint it again. Just make the decision. So, I mean, when he dropped that in the interview, I was like, oh, we could stop right here. It could be over. We're done here. This is where he brought it home. There's very rarely any decision that we make 
that within the context of time, you can't undo and do it again. Yep. So, you know, some people get, you know, stuck in that world of, oh my God, I got to make this decision. Just do something, man. Just paint it. So I love Just it. Do it. And then if you figure out you got to paint it again, you'll paint it again when the time is right. So job today, my son, take over Thursday, ask the right questions. Don't worry about it because you can paint it again. Uh, today is the actual hump day because TGIS always. So have a great day. Throwback Thursday. Post something. Share something. Get out and get in a, in a conversation. Have a great day. And you can call me painter because I have painted shit over and over and over again. And that's why I'm successful, man. You guys have an awesome day. Thank you, Ellen, for starting me off.